Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy to uh, have you on board today. I was going to say it's Friday, but it's not. It's almost Friday. It feels kind of like a Friday. Maybe it's because we we seem to do this so much the days kind of run together. You know, it seems like we're always doing a new uh, podcast, a new update to our program. And the news always keeps changing. You, you sometimes think at the end of a program, well, what can... What can we talk about tomorrow? Don't worry about it. By the time tomorrow comes along, there's plenty to talk about. So much, especially after weekends too, because the news always floods and changes on the weekend. You know, when you were a kid, you always wish the weekends would last forever. Are you happy now? We should point out there's a rumor going around, and you probably have heard about this. Uh, The great minds at Fox in their programming department. They've oh, yes. gotten to, they've gotten together and said, okay, we may have made a, a slight mistake by firing Tucker Carlson because we've lost sixty seven percent of our audience. Just saying. Now I don't know whether you are into the inner workings of broadcasting, uh, but I can tell you that when you lose sixty seven percent of an audience, I mean heads roll. If I were working, yeah. in, if I were working in a radio station doing a morning show, and I did something to that cost me 67% of my my audience, I'd be gone. I'd be well, gone. When you go to those board meetings in programming, you think, oh, they're going to bring in the best research. They're going to have all these statisticians, everybody there to give you the best plan of action to go ahead. No. You take everything, throw it on the table, and basically you just stir the pot. And you keep stirring and changing things and throwing things in and taking things out until something clicks because you don't have a freaking clue as to what you did or what you're going to do or how to do it. You're just praying that this, you know, it, it's like taking a, a, a bad tasting stew and keep throwing things in it until one thing camouflages the other or you throw <laughs> the whole thing out. Yep. I think, I think what's happening is... Uh... And I heard this mentioned uh, this morning on another program, and it, it's so apropos. Uh, the programming minds at Fox are shuffling the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. Uh, they are just shuffling the chairs around, thinking that that's going to make a difference. What they're doing, in case you haven't heard, is they're recommending, supposedly, moving Sean Hannity from the 9 o'clock hour to the 8 o'clock hour, his program, then they're going to put supposedly Jesse Waters in at nine o'clock. They'll be moving him from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Then they're going to move Greg Gutfeld from his late show at eleven o'clock into the ten o'clock hour, and that leaves Laura Ingram as the odd person out in prime time. So people are saying, well, "Where is she going to go?" There's been stories that she's going to be asked to leave. There have been stories that she may find another day part uh, in in off prime hours, like uh, maybe seven o'clock or maybe eleven o'clock. Uh, but either way, Laura seems to be getting the short end of the stick, and um, I don't see any of those moves making sense. I I heard someone saying, and it's so true, Sean Hannity is not Tucker Carlson. No, he's milk toast. And you know, I like uh, Jesse. I think he's he's got he's got some sharpening up to do and polishing to do, but he's trying. He really is trying. Gutfield has got a he's got a style all his own and, you know, a, a sense of humor to it. I like Laura Ingram. She used to be milk toast when she was on the air out in LA, but you know, she all of a sudden realized one day you know, I got to engage and just have a point. You can't sit there and have no point or be in the middle of the road. So I think she actually does a good job. And the fact that they're not using her, it's almost sexist to me. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. I mean, well, you know, Fox uh, thinks that they're great programmers. They think they're doing the right thing, obviously. Uh, if if they were really smart, if Fox really was smart, what they would do is they would drive over to Tucker Carlson's house they would sit down with him and say, okay, we screwed up, Tucker. How can we make this right? And, of course, Tucker, being in a marvelous uh, position, would probably say, look it, I have a no-cut contract. Nobody here at Fox can remove me, including the boss, the biggest bo- boss, Rupert Murdoch. If I come back, I'm coming back as a solely-owned entity that determines my own destiny, not 
at the whim of some guy in the tower. And I don't think any I don't think anybody would agree to that, but you know, we're talking millions and millions of dollars lost here and their reputation as a, as a network is sinking. It's yeah. going down the tube. So you know when a, when a host is on when a when a talent's on a radio station, when a host is on a network, it's a marriage. And if the marriage is working, leave it alone. Don't yep. try to second guess it or anything because when you break that union up and you go, "Man, it was a mistake." Let me tell you this from experience in all of the above. Warmed over coffee is never good the second time around. Isn't that the so truth? if you sit there and, you know, break up, if, if the circle gets broken, it's going to be hard to put it back together. You can say every nice thing in the world, well, we'll still stay in touch. And if things don't work out, we'll get back together. You know, nah, you know, it's over. It's over, you know, so. When they parted ways with Tucker, they parted ways with him. And it doesn't matter how bad, how far they fall, mm-hmm. you know, Fox outfoxed themselves. Yeah, they really know? did. And Fox did. Fox was, they thought they were being just so clever. Brilliant. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. They, they actually thought, oh, he's the number one talent in, in media. We don't need him. Oh my yeah. God, we're Fox. He'll come back. A, yeah, he'll come back. You know, there's also a, there's an, a mentality that's out there that that goes through management everywhere. It's not just a radio thing. So, but I remember somebody once telling me that when I was getting into management, and uh, you know, they sat me down and said, "Look, let me tell you something. You know, you want to sit there and and get control of your troops and your company." You got to fire somebody and somebody that doesn't deserve to be fired. You take the most sacred, you know, person mm-hmm. that, you know, untouchable. And, you know, I've heard it before. No one will ever fire no. you. you make and the next an thing example. you know, you're out the freaking door. I would have never believed it. What did they do? They got the rank and files attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they thought that they could get their rank and files attention, but I think they thought they could get the public's attention too. And they did, just not the way they wanted to. So it didn't quite work out. I, I remind them of one thing. I remind you them screwed up. at Fox <laughs> to go back to 2000, just before 9-11, two, about 2000, 2001. Yeah. They were second place. They were behind CNN. It was, Believe it or not, CNN was the proven uh, leader of cable news back in the, the 90s and the uh, very early 2000s. But then 9-11 came along, and Fox made a name for itself. They really covered it well. They were uh, Johnny on the spot, and people, t- t- you know, they tasted the Fox uh, recipe, and it seemed to be very palatable, okay? They liked it. Mm, this is pretty good. And they started going to Fox in droves. Suddenly, Fox was becoming a powerhouse. You know, and it became kind of, uh, they became, well, they were surprised, first of all. They really were surprised at how all of a sudden, after pushing so hard for so many years, the dam burst, and all of a sudden they were the number one news uh, network on, on the uh, the dial. My gosh. Mm-hmm. But, but now that cockiness, like Bill said a little while ago, it's gone to their head. Now they think, now these doofuses in the ivory tower at Fox, they think that they're more important than their talent. They're more important than their audience. Because after all, in their minds, what they think is no matter what we do, the audience will just come back. Well, much to their surprise and dismay right now, that ain't happening. And by by the way, Bill, this move isn't going to work. You know, you can no. put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You yeah, know? well, as I would say it from what you said there, where they they once were Johnny on the spot, now they're just any other port of John. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They are just <laughs> another place. And, that, to... that, and that's my story, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. Well, 
your stinking do it too. Yeah, uh, no, yeah there you go. Well, it was a stinker story, so there you go. Well, I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, they, it, it, follow that that Fox uh, thing uh, because it'll be interesting. Uh, they do think that you're going to come back. By the way, I don't think Sean Hannity is the conservative that he has always presented himself as. You know, it's interesting on his radio program. He tries to come across as the last conservative bastion on the dial. He's it, right? He's the real conservative. You know, he talks about always have being besmirched. You know, that's another word he loves. But then again, when things happen at Fox, uh, he, he toes the corporate line. You know, he just, if Fox, he, I'll give you an example. Um, he didn't battle for the election fraud. You know, he did not battle. In bo- and by the way, no, he, he was didn't. a big proponent. He really, he really waved the flag for getting vaccinated. He said it's great. Everybody should get it. He was not against getting the vaccine. He was also, and still is, I believe, a big supporter of the Ukrainian war. Mm-hmm. Well, hey. You're not the conservative I'm looking for, pal. You know, I'm sensing this this little undertow in the current right now of, of media because the left is getting shaken too, and the right has been shaken, and all the finger pointing and everything is polarized. There's a big divide, and there seems to be a little growing thing, and I think they're going to get it wrong, uh, is going, well, why don't we just kind of have a balance where we have liberals and conservatives on the same network. And, but you're still, you've still got the divide that's on your, your, on your, your channel now. And maybe what needs to happen is let's go back to the old way of journalism where you don't have an opinion. You just report the news. If you want to do something, that's what you do. And then you have your, you know, your separate, opinion shows and you say that's what it is and you don't sit there and get into this wild crazy stuff because it seems that the stories that come out to sell a lie and I'm telling you right now my opinion is you know the uh, the, the fact that the, the January 6th thing and uh, that the election being stolen was a lie that is the big lie yeah and and the accusations that are going out there they've made they're getting the, wilder by the day they've made the truth the lie the media has right and and the lie has become the truth look at what happened January 6th yeah the quote insurrection i, I think to myself did they really know what an insurrection looks like Absolutely not. You know, and but you know, if they keep going, they will. No, they won't know what an insurrection looks like, uh, mm-hmm. because you know th- that's a different picture. But they will understand what it looks like when you have an entire nation, you know, which constitutionally was set up to do. You know, when the government becomes. Right. Too big for its britches is what I was going to say. Too big for its britches and not representing the people. At some point in time, like in Frankenstein, you know, the the crowd is going to go, you know what, let's get our pitchforks and uh, let's start burning things and, you know, know, going after them because we're not going to take it anymore like that famous network line. Open up your window and yell out the street. I'm mad as hell. And and I'm I'm not going to take it anymore. (laughs) But you know, you uh, we have to point out at this point because people are sensitive. We're not calling for anything like a revolution on this podcast. We're, no, we're, we're pointing out that we're pointing out that there's an environment that is being set up because of the actions of a corrupt government that might make it fertile ground for that kind of thing, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, I I just don't believe that many of the people that we have in government right now who have raised their hand to protect and serve and defend the Constitution, I don't believe that they ever really believe that. Do you? No, I don't. I don't even think they understand the Constitution. You know, I didn't understand it for a lot 
uh, you know, I had values, but I never really understood it until you sit down and read it, you know, and uh, the, you know, just everything that's out, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there going, the Constitution is almost like marriage vows today. You know, uh, I'm not going to that love, honor, and obey. Oh, yeah. can't do the obey. They take that word out. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want any reference of man or woman in this thing. Then why the hell get married? You know, if you well, don't believe in... No, I'm not saying it's, it's bad that you don't get married, but if you don't believe in the vows, don't even, don't even put on the charade. Just forget about it. Yeah, well, they... And if you don't believe in the Constitution then get the hell out of here and go find your own land and start your own nation. Don't take over. Don't overthrow my property. Yeah. Well, they said what? This is our property. They said during the 90s it was the big line that everybody liked. Oh, man, the Constitution is a living, breathing document. No. The Constitution is a stone. The Constitution is a rock. It is solid. It is not changing. It was put in place in uh, uh, a certain time period, it was well thought through, and it is not to be altered with. It is not to be adjusted to your whims. If I hear people say, well, it's the 21st century. Hey, listen, it has worked well for decades, okay? It is mm-hmm. it is a perfect document. It is. Uh, it says things that people say, well, you know, uh, they don't mean that everybody should have a gun. I heard this said the other day. What they mean is militias have a right to have a gun. That's what the the Constitution says. No, yeah. that's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution says you have a right to bear arms. You have a right to bear arms, okay? I haven't got the exact words in front of me, Bill. I know you at your uh, beck and call have your trusty constitution. If you would look up the exact wording of, I believe, the Second Amendment yeah, of the is. Constitution hang on, hang of the on. United States. And I, you know, my studio is dark, so I'm sitting here with Yes, uh, everything. but you, you, right. you're a good man. Well, you, see, here's why they say militia, because it yes. says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not... B, yes. infringed. Yes. See, Got it? Do you understand yeah. that's that's yeah. one, that's even, it's not even a, well, it is a paragraph, but it's one sentence. Yeah. What they're saying, I think, is that, yes, I'm trying to simplify this. Uh, it's important to have like a National Guard, you know? It's yeah. important to have a state a National militia. Guard. Yes. And it, but it's also important, very important for the people individually to have a right to bear arms, to carry a rifle or a gun, to protect their property, protect themselves. And it doesn't vary from that. You can't yeah. go around saying, well, that's uh, not what they really meant. What they really meant, no. Read the darn document. Yeah, you know what? I look at this thing two ways and you're going to say, Bill, you've actually jumped off the, the, you know, the Hoover dam uh, on the wrong side too, where you can't swim. Um, But I look at, well, look at the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible has 10 commandments. If you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all. Now, would you not say that, uh, you know, the, uh, with all of this, the amendments are like our 10 commandments. So oh, yeah. they should be etched in stone by a burning bush in West Texas. You can't touch it. You can't well, change it. Well, some people have said, Bill, some people have said, many people believe that that is a divinely inspired document, meaning God gave that document to our founders. Right. Now, you may say, well, that's ridiculous. No, you can't, you can't tell me that God doesn't work through people. Why wouldn't God be able to work through, you know, guys like Thomas Jefferson, you know? You know, a church will tell you, in, in if you have any spirituality to you, that in order for you to stay strong in your faith, you need to read the Bible. You need to be in congregation. The Bible is it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm here to tell you, you ought to know the Constitution, and you might want to sit there if you want to be in tune with what our nation is all about and the freedoms that were given to you, you know, and that you were born under, and it doesn't mean, if you don't believe in it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But this is what our country is about. And then you need to find a home that you can call your own 
if you don't agree with this. But if you do agree with it and you like it, then keep it by your side so you stay focused on it and don't give up those rights. Do you want to know why I, I believe the Constitution is such a good document? Because we are living right now through the very worst presidential administration in the history of our country. We are living through it right now. It didn't happen last administration or two administrations. This is the worst. This guy, Joe Biden, is the worst president in American history, but yet we're still here as a country. We are still getting along. We're still existing. We haven't folded like a cheap suit. It, it's a moral code that we've got to sit there, and you need to believe in it if you're going to be a part of this free you know, democracy. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in it, I, I'm not going to fault you for that. But you know, don't change what we have and like and want to be a part of and we're born to be a part of you know, to you know, s- satisfy your needs. Go somewhere and start your own little thing. It can be done. I got to tell you about something I saw yesterday on television. This is sort of a a slight digression. We're we're going a bit yeah. off the beaten path here, but it's worth mentioning. I saw this movie last night on HBO called Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam. All right. And it's set between 1918 and 1933. But the and I'm not going to give away the plot or any anything like that, but. Suffice it to say that the enemy in this movie is the deep state, is the mysterious shadow government that is trying to take over the United States. Now, this story is based on true facts, true things. It's not something which was made up totally. So... We think of the deep state as being something new. We think of no. them as being something which has popped its ugly uh, head up uh, in the past, oh, decade or so. No, no. There's been an element trying to bring us down as a country for decades. Decades mm-hmm. with an S. And uh, well, you should see the movie, by the way. It's really interesting. But that's another thing for... Well, yeah, you mentioned it before we went on. I, I thought... Well, you know, I've got stu- uh, things that uh, are free time I can devote to it tonight, and that's probably what I'll do because it sounds good to me. But, you know, you mentioned that it it talks about, you know, a a subculture out there, if you will, or or the deep state. But, you know, that's in a lot of shows these days. So it's not like people aren't thinking it and don't know it. Rabbit hole. I was just going to say, Rabbit Hole is one of them. Uh, As a matter of fact, a lot of shows like this now that I have seen have all talked about this dark underforce, and there have been previous shows. There was one, I forget the guy who was the tough guy in it, and there was the little computer guy, and they had a computer that would give them information on um, things that they needed to do to, you know, make things right. I forget what it was called, but it was out of, before the pandemic. Just about every villain in every Bond movie is essentially the deep state. But you know, throughout history, and you can look at all the great nations of the of their time, uh, they were basically there was a ruling class that pulled all the strings, and they had minions that did things on their behest under them, and the government was either the tool for them. Or, you know, the puppets for them. because And it was a show for the people that they ultimately controlled. We know of Bill Gates and his nefarious actions. We know of these things. We know of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. We know of these people because of today's technology, because of the media. But, you mm-hmm. know, back in the 30s and the 40s, we didn't have the sophisticated uh, instant media that we have today. So they could lurk in the darkness and pull those strings at will. They could throw their money around and influence the uh, easily influenced, and they would be successful at what they did. Yeah. Now now it's not as easy for them because information has been is, pulled back. Yeah, exactly right. The exactly curtain's right. been pulled back. But you know what? You're going, who are these people, and how did they get to be these people? And some of these people that aspire to be there, came from humble beginnings, and all of a sudden they got money. Well, 
have you ever, you know, you hear the stories like the crossroads down in Mississippi where the blues player, uh, he, could, he really couldn't play. And as a matter of fact, I used to do things for a radio station that's had a terrible history all throughout time, but it's it's in the history books as it was the radio station, the blues station that played the record, and there's a, a landmark there that uh, the guy sold his soul to the devil, which is sure. three blocks from where the studios still are for that radio station, and it has gone through owner after owner, format after format, because that facility is forever marked by the devil. It's nothing's going to happen to it. If you believe in the devil, he left his, but the, anyway, the guy sold his soul. He got his hit. there have been movies about it. And then all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. If you believe in God, then you have to believe in Satan. You have, I mean, yeah. God, you have to end. Uh, if you believe that this country was set up by God, was divinely inspired, it, you know we talk about it as the shining light on the hill. Uh, it wouldn't be a shining light if it wasn't for the fact that God chose this place to be that place. And, yeah, and you know you don't you, you, can't, you but wait you cannot you cannot think that for one second the Satan isn't trying every single day of his existence to bring this country down. And that's what I'm saying. You can you can still sell your soul if you live in a, in a tent out in the woods, but you got a transistor radio or you got you got a smart device somehow that you can power up and have you know access to and hear this podcast. Yeah, if you want to be one of those little minions that grow up to be a demon, well, you just got to sell your soul to that dark side. And proof positive of that is kind of what we have in Washington right now. We played a piece of audio. You had it. Uh, a week or two ago from California that talked about, uh, you know, the Pelosi's and uh, all of the, you know, everybody that's in power now that we go, they're evil. It was actually a big plot of what's going on and is still going on. It, it had roots how way back. How many times have we asked the question, how can somebody like a Joe Biden who has nothing uh, become so wealthy uh, on a on a two hundred thousand dollar a year salary. I mean, if if he just lived on his salary, he would have been fine. But he became wealthy. How did it multiply? How did Hillary Clinton become so wealthy on essentially a Secretary of State and a Senator's salary? You know, and but she became phenomenally wealthy. How can Barack Hussein Obama, who had nothing? become such a wealthy man with nothing, nothing. And the amazing thing is about Joe and Obama. Now, they both have become wealthy. How wealthy Obama is, I don't know, but it's a lot of money that he he didn't have anything. And then all of a sudden, boom, they there tried, he goes. Well, they tried to bury it in the $60 million contract that he got after uh, after he got out of office. Netflix gave them. Can you imagine being a stockholder in Netflix and seeing your bosses say, we just uh, signed Barack Obama to a $60 million deal. Oh, that's going to draw an audience. Well, imagine, you know, Joe Biden's got a book out, and he can't, he can't even go through, he can't utter a sentence without stumbling all the way through it. Well, he's got a stuttering problem. I think that is BS, because then you hear him in his older days when he rattled on and couldn't, it wouldn't come up for air, and he would rattle on. But that man, you know, they say, well, okay, he, he made some millions maybe through backdoor deals. No, friends, when the truth if, is told, if it ever is, he's gotten billions. Yeah. He is worth billions of dollars and don't – five homes, they didn't just pop out of the air. He, he built a $10 million, he bought a $10 million house on the water in Martha's Vineyard, $10 million dollars. Now, even on Martha's Vineyard, $10 million will buy a, that's a lot of money for a house. That's a lot of money for a house. It's a nice house, swimming pool, beautiful lawn, right on the water, you know, and no illegals within miles because they kick them off Martha's Vineyard. We know that. But uh, speaking of Obama, he was on CBS, I think it was yesterday or the day, day before, and talking to Nate Burleson, a former NFL football player, now a morning mm -hmm. ho morning host and licensed liberal, and he was in his glory because he was sitting with Barack 
Hussein Obama, and essentially he asked him, what scares you? What, what, what bothers you? And you'll find that what he talks about, the thing that bothers him the, the most is they don't have total control of all aspects of the media, meaning like our podcasts and other mm-hmm. shows like this. Listen. What about this country keeps you up at night? The thing that I'm most worried about is the degree to which we now have a divided conversation, in part because we have a divided media, right? So I'm much older than you, Nate. You don't look it, though. That's what I was fishing for. (laughs) Um, But when I was coming up, you had three TV stations. Yeah. And... People were getting a a similar sense of what is true and what isn't, what was real and what was not. Today, what I'm most concerned about is the fact that because of the splintering of the media, we almost occupy different realities. If something happens in the past, everybody could say, all right, we may disagree on how to solve it, but at least we all agree that, yeah, that's an issue. Wow. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, yes. um, specifically the part when he talked about um, media being fractured yes. and how we now occupy different realities. So there's rarely common ground that we find as a country when it comes to issues that are ripping us apart. Yeah. Um, and, and working in media, it, it gave me a different perspective on what we do. And, and, and it also allows me to look in the mirror. How well are we doing the job of making sure that both sides of whatever spectrum can at least see truth and then start a conversation after that. Well, that's the thing. I've never heard it put that way, a divided conversation. He didn't even use the phrase divided country. Right. He used divided conversation. That I've never heard it put that way, and I think it's he's so on point about that. That's what's so scary, that we can't even agree on the facts anymore, and how do you get back to that? I still don't know. I also like what he said about guns, that we tolerate on a routine basis children getting killed. We tolerate that. Yeah. It, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. It's so important to remind ourselves that the goal here, my fond hope, and I know yours as well, is that this table here will be that common conversation Mm. in American life, and you can have conversations like that. He's also, you know, he's quite an academic. He's a deep reader. He's historically correct in saying that the gun debate has become ideological. I mean, as recently as the late 80s, Republican Supreme Court nominees did not interpret the Second Amendment as meaning individual ownership of firearms, but state militias. Yeah. It's been a cultural and and legal shift in interpretation, And, and that means that we can go back to it in theory. No, yeah. I've heard Spot people on. say when it comes to Barack Obama, you may you never questioned his character, his integrity, and his intelligence. And I think that was just another example there. I thought that was such a great conversation on many different topics. And, and gag me with a pitchfork. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is that is such bull. That's Gail. What's her face? I can't remember her last name. She's a, a Oprah's friend who does the morning show on uh, CBS, and she's an a, she's not a dumb person, but boy, when it comes to politics, she toes the liberal line. I, I love Nate Burleson talking about the militia, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know well, what he's talking about. Well, yes and no. I mean, it, oh, it sounds great. You know, every, oh, divided conversation. We need to, you know, at least all agree on the truth. Ah, there it is. There it is. Their see, truth. There, there, yeah, it's, it's a divided conversation. Uh, we want everyone to come together in the conversation and, you know, get the truth. It's our truth that we want you to agree to debate. No, 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 no. You know, I mean, freedom of speech, freedom of choice. That's another thing, which isn't, there's no equivocation in the constitution about freedom of speech either. It's not, you have the freedom to have your speech, but not mine. Yeah. And so, you know, therefore, because of that, and because you only want to talk about what you believe, right. Mr. Lefty Pants, then it is a divided conversation. I have a different opinion. Now, if we want to get together and talk about the divide and why I believe it's this way and you believe it's that way, then I'll have that conversation. But when you sit there and get in your get your panties in a knot, and sit there and get them twisted and sit there and go, no, 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 no. This is the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be. That's all we're going to talk about. You hear them talking about, they talk about, we're tolerating. We're a country that tolerates uh, child shootings. No, we're not. Think about it honestly, okay? Most of those child shootings are in big cities run by Democrats who have cut back on the police forces 
in their cities. And if they haven't cut back, they've bound their hands so they can't do their job like they should be able to do. You've allowed illegal weapons to flood your city. You have people who are criminals walking around with 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 uh, pistols in their pants, and you just bl- can't blame that on the licensed legal owner of guns in this country. They're being used by criminals and people who shouldn't have them, and it's because your cities aren't doing their job because they're run by people who are like you, liberal. Yeah, and- what I just heard that talk, that podcast or whatever he is, you know, say is he's arguing the Second Amendment of the Constitution. You're going to say, no, he never mentioned the, the Second Amendment or the Constitution. The hell he didn't. In a roundabout way, he yeah. surely did. And the thing that we read earlier this morning, yeah. you know, the, the state needs that militia. It, has, it, it should have that militia. And we said- have the right to. He's one of those guys, Bill Burleson, this Nate Burleson, former NFL football player which is quite a a neat accomplishment, but uh, still it doesn't mean that he's the sharpest tool in the shed, if you know what I mean, because he's he's saying, oh, they were talking about having the militia arm. Not everybody, not every citizen. No, No. Nate. Do yourself a favor and get yourself a copy of the Constitution. Yeah, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people and or uh, and bear arms to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed so there you go the right of the people to keep and bear arms comma shall not be infringed one sentence there buddy and yes you are talking about you know the the constitution and you know in taking it, it away from us well you know what if you don't believe in this then go somewhere else and make your if you can't live to this This is what we're about. You can't accept it. There are many people, many people who will tell you they think that states have already infringed way too much. They have. By licensing, you shouldn't have, well, in some states, you don't need a concealed carry permit. Some states you can just carry. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think Texas is that way. You can, you can carry a weapon. It's, they believe that it's part of the constitution and part of your of your civil rights, and they haven't got a right to infringe. Now, you go into other states like New York and Massachusetts, and, I mean, there was a time, I don't know that you know this or not, but if I carried a weapon from Pennsylvania to Massachusetts in my car and they found out in Massachusetts, they could put me in jail for a year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether they've amended that law. but I don't it, think so because, uh, actually, I, I was going to be going up here soon, and then I was going to cross over into Maine to some friends over there. And, you know, they own guns, but they have, you know, there's strict regulations. And I have a particular gun that everyone goes, oh, can you bring that? Because we'd really like to go out in the woods and fire it because, you know, there's a place out there right. where we can do it. This thing is a friggin' cannon, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 bigger than a, you it's know, a bad boy. They would say it's a bad it's, boy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- th- this will... Yeah. yeah, forget it. It's it's a it's a big gun, and yes. but I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I got to drive through Connecticut, I got to drive through New York, I got to drive through Massachusetts. Yep. Forget it. Yep. If I if I could get a flat tire, you know, I need roadside assistance. <laughs> you know, and they're looking around, going, well, you know, uh, what do you have under the seat there in that uh, in that little black big black box. Next thing you know, you're lying face down with your hands behind your back. Yeah, nose in the ground, your (laughs) teeth butted out because your face hit the ground because, and I'm going, I have a concealed carry. I actually have this and that. Not in this state. It's not not in this state. You don't. You know, I've got a certain background. That's another another problem. Some states reciprocate. Like if you have a concealed carry in Pennsylvania, you, you can drive into some states. I don't know whether West Virginia is one of them. But they reciprocate because they respect each other's concealed carry licenses, but they don't all respect it. So you can want to, let's say you want to drive to North Carolina. You think, well, I can drive down to North Carolina because West Virginia, they they respect the concealed carry. And, but maybe Virginia doesn't, you know, or maybe one of the other little states on, along the way, they don't respect the concealed carry. You don't know. Now, what they've proposed in Congress is to have a national license. You know, where no. you can carry it anywhere. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that, but here's where that's going to have a problem. 
is that when you have a national license, you have blue states, you have red, red states. Some are a little more lenient and more towards the Constitution. The others will take away rights and want to be more restrictive and more regulated and more, you know, they're going to have all, they're going to, they're going to pitch a tent in your butt and camp <laughs> out there. Well, the thing is that they have, uh, a lot of people feel that they will have more information on who you are, who has a weapon, and who who they can go get them from. Mm-hmm. Look, they database everything. I think the one thing that they have a problem on is, you know, guns now, when you buy a gun, there's a lot of paperwork. But, you know, even as recent as 20, you know, 15, 20 years ago, right. you could get a gun that nobody knew about. You know, and I mean, you got it le- legitimately, you legitimately bought it, but in, you know, at the point that you got it, it became invisible. Do you know, I was and, watching, a, Bill, I was watching, a, speaking of invisible weapons, I was watching a program uh, a few months ago. There's a place, I believe in Texas, that is making composite guns mm-hmm. that you can't see on x-rays, like scanners in the airport. And I guess they're illegal. It's they're circumventing a law by doing this. And you know who's buying these composite guns? The illegals. The, the cartels and the illegals. That's exactly Look, right. Uh, you know, when they were all after the guns, I if I wanted to look, if right now I still could. Now there's a certain part to the gun now that they're trying to make illegal, or maybe they have, but you know, and it's it's basically the framework that everything's built on, but. I knew there was a place in Atlanta. If you wanted a um, uh, an AR-15, you could go and order the kit because it is a gun that hasn't been assembled yet. You're buying the parts, right? And so legally, it's not a gun. It's parts. You know, so it's a bag it's of parts. parts. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you don't have to. Now they would qualify you, but you could get that. You don't have to register or anything for it. And then, you know, they started going, oh, no, 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 this, this makes a metal gun, can't do it. And then somebody sat there and said, well, hell, you know, I mean, you make cars out of plastic. Yeah. yeah I was looking at motorcycles a couple of weeks ago. I love Triumphs. But the fenders and everything on the new ones, even though they look good, are plastic. I don't want, you know, but either yeah. way. But that's thin plastic. But for a gun, you can sit there and get, you know, one of those those laser printers that cuts oh, plastics, sure. wood, metal. You can actually sit there. You could do it yourself. They have they have, uh, they have these printers. Yeah, the, you, yeah, the printers. Yeah, they can print a, a gun. You literally can print a gun now. Think about that for a second. It's amazing. Well, people go, "What do you mean? You print it on paper?" No. Have you ever watched one of these shows where they do restorations? Or they used to do the motorcycle builds. I forget what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 I think his name was Turner or Tucker or something like that. Out of New York, I used to do some business up there and drive right by that shop all the time. But either way, one time they said, well, we got to get these fancy wheels, these chrome wheels, or make them out of aluminum. They actually got the machine, the computer that ran it, and it, they put a big square block of metal in a in a liquid vat, and then it just it, it, yeah. it takes that print, and it goes through and cuts it with all the intricacies, and all of a sudden... You've got that wheel. It cuts it with the precision that no human could match. You know? Right. And it's in minutes. Yeah. So you, And you can do that, and you can actually buy one of these smaller versions that sits on a desktop right oh, now. Yeah. yeah. And you can make trinkets, jewelry. You can make a gun. Yeah. And if you got the, if you got the software with, and it's out there. So, but why, why make it when you can buy it for 70 bucks and oh okay put this in spring okay and put that right okay there we go let's try it oh it works good gop representative anna polina luna she's brand new she uh i think it's her first term right now she submitted to the house of representatives a resolution to expel serial liar Representative Adam Schiff from Congress. What do you think of that? Uh, uh, I mean, if it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but you know what he's saying right now? Oh, he's saying, well, you know, I, I mentioned earlier getting uh, panties in a knot. He's got him that way because he's going, oh, the Durham report's all a lie. It's just a big lie. And the GOP, they're 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 intimidating me. They're they're threatening me. Uh, we're not threatening you, but you know, you would know about that because. 
I think that went on for the past several years. Anybody that was quote unquote an election denier and had proof, oh, we can't let them come out and have any free speech. Let's do anything we can to stifle them. I think we should play a little bit of Adam Schiff. Listen. Congressman Schiff, the uh, Durham investigation ended up where there was plenty of reason to believe it was going to end up uh, with a new report about nothing. That's exactly right. Uh, as you pointed, this is an investigation that started in a flawed manner. It was conducted in a flawed manner uh, and its conclusion uh, is a, a flawed conclusion. Um, it began in a flawed way because this was the result of Donald Trump badgering Bill Barr to investigate the investigators. So it was brought really with no predicate except this is what Donald Trump was demanding and this is what Bill Barr wanted to have undertaken. During the course of the investigation, you have reportedly multiple prosecutors leave the team over Durham's conduct, over Durham's discussing the investigation while it was ongoing in violation of DOJ policy, uh, Durham's decision to try to get the emails belonging to an American uh, repeatedly refused by a judge and then seeking reportedly other means to get the same information. Uh, and uh, you had uh, uh, also uh, Durham uh, engaged in other conduct, um, bringing cases prosecutors thought were insufficient uh, and quickly resulting in acquittal. But then finally, this conclusion, which adds very little to the inspector general's report we had two years ago, never proves the deep state conspiracy that was alleged all along. So we have four years uh, of wasted effort. Uh, and worse than that, we have four years, I think, of uh, undermining the department in a political prosecution. Yeah, and, and when you compare it to the Mueller investigation in which uh, multiple uh, uh, indictments were obtained, including indictments of Russians who never submitted uh, to a court process for that, uh, convictions were obtained. Uh, Donald Trump ended up issuing pardons uh, over the work uh, that Robert Mueller uh, did. Uh, there, there's, this investigation was an attempt to discredit all of that. It was, and you know, it bears reminding people the Russians intervened heavily to elect Donald Trump. They engaged in a hacking and dumping operation, uh, hacking Hillary Clinton's emails and dumping them to influence the election. They uh, engaged in a an expensive social media campaign out of a troll farm in St. Petersburg to help get Donald Trump elected. Uh, so there were real things to investigate there, uh, and the Mueller team did, we did in Congress. Uh, on the other hand, the investigation of the investigators by Durham revealed uh, little to nothing uh, and was a spectacular failure at court. Um, the, the only conclusion that uh, he seemed to want to push of a novel character is that somehow Hillary Clinton got more favorable treatment by the FBI than Donald Trump. But of course, he ignores the fact that the Clinton email investigation was discussed publicly by the FBI right up until that October surprise by James Comey whereas the Trump investigation was kept completely confidential. Yes, there was disparate treatment, uh, and Hillary Clinton got the far worse end of it, uh, but that is uh, something that he conveniently ignores in his report. And uh, Hillary Clinton fired exactly zero FBI directors. <laughs> That's true, too. That is true, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, a flawed, a flawed beginning of an investigation as this one, an investigation which really was guilty of the same criticism he leveled against the FBI, uh, ends up having a, uh, a, a conclusion that ends with a whimper rather than a bang. And, and the, the, at the beginning of the Durham report, he does very specifically credit Attorney General Mar uh, Merrick Garland with completely staying out of this investigation uh, and not interfering in any way. That's right. And, you know, it also, you know, was interesting uh, in some of the reporting uh, that, that went along with the course of his investigation and perhaps we'll have an opportunity when he comes before the Congress to find out. He, he apparently repeatedly met with Bill Barr during the course of the investigation. I wonder what influence that had on his proceedings. Congressman Adam Schiff, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And thank you for bringing my favorite desk that appears on this program in that background shot when you're here. Uh, Congressman Schiff, thank you very much. That's Lawrence O'Donnell, the host on MSNBC, an avowed communist or at least socialist.
He's very proud of that. And uh, with Adam Schiff, and you know what that proves, you know, when you lie and you lie and you lie and you keep lying and you get caught, you can't then tell the truth. You got to keep lying. Yeah, they're going. Well, Adam Schiff wrote a fake letter, and that's been proven. That's documented. And he read it, and it became a part of that story, purporting that story, which was all fabricated, you know, and he had a major part in it. So he's a freaking liar saying that, you know, calling somebody else a liar. But his pants are the, one, are the ones on fire. Come on now. And it was proven factually again what they're disputing that, you know, with the dossier report, it was all fake. So the whole thing is misinformation and a lie. So Hillary, if she got a bad shake on it, she damn well deserved it and didn't get as bad as it should have been. She should be behind bars. I agree. On Wednesday, Representative Anna Polina Luna from Florida introduced a House resolution to expel Russia hoaxer and serial liar Adam Schiff. Uh, Representative Adam Schiff pushed the Trump-Russia collusion hoax for years. He's still doing it. You just heard him. That was recorded, what, a couple of days? A day before yesterday, I believe. Uh, and he's still hanging in there. He's going to sell it till he goes to the grave. Uh, he is uh, running for the Senate, by the way, in California. So if you think he's going to do a mea culpa and apologize anytime soon, you are mistaken because I'm sure he's trying to tell all those liberal Californians I'm the guy who told the real truth. I don't think he really was elected legitimately out there because I'm beginning to see there are a lot more conservative-thinking Californians than there are liberal-thinking Californians, but, you know, you know, somehow those elections just go a certain way in certain places and that would be one of them. Hey, another thing I wanted to bring up today, uh, I thought this was interesting, Bill. Um, the Covenant School down in Nashville where they had that terrible shooting uh, and mm -hmm. uh, by the transgender, uh, this, was, this came out yesterday. On Monday, lawyers for the Covenant School filed a motion to intervene in lawsuits calling for the writing of uh, shooter Audrey Hale uh, to be released. What they want to do is they don't want her manifesto, the tr the shooter's manifesto released. This is the school. Why? Because they say there is some proprietary information in the manifesto, like schematics of the school, the number of people who are protecting the school and things like that. In the manifesto, they're afraid a copycat will use it. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, manifesto... There's proprietary stuff of the school. Well, apparently, uh, and a copycat will use it. Hmm? Yeah. Well, she saying. figured it out all on her own, so it really doesn't. They're they're proprietary. Um, I think she know, went uh, there. Didn't, didn't she? She went to school there. Yeah, I. You know, I I think that's BS because we're not talking about physics here. How to make a nuclear bomb? We're not talking about. The uh, aerodynamics, uh, how to make a certain type of flying plane that nobody that can invade anything. You know, we're talking about security out of school, and pretty much that you can obtain on the internet. Hey, uh, you know? before I forget, I almost forgot this, but you know, when you're my age, uh, you just got to grab those ideas when they come back as fast as you can, you know, you because can. otherwise they go away again. Uh, and I wanted to point this out uh, when we were talking about Russia and Adam Schiff. I wanted to mention. I wanted to play this. Uh, this is Leslie Stahl, I believe, uh, on 60 Minutes with uh, President Trump. Listen to this. I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this? The, I thought. I thought you. I don't mind spot, it. I don't mind spark. it. But when I watch him walk out of a store, and he's walking with a ice cream. And the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor ice cream do you have? And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking, he's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. 
And we can't put on things we can't they verify. They won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. Okay, so that was like, uh, that was just before the election, okay? That's Leslie Stahl talking with President Trump on 60 Minutes. Do you think she's going to do a follow-up episode where she publicly apologizes to President Trump for lying? Well, they'll never apologize, USA Today, with their headline yesterday, Trump was right, the election was stolen. Good luck trying to win back the nation's covenant. That's the left. But that it was the headline well, what, yesterday. Do you remember Harry, Harry Reid, the former late senator from Nevada, who during Mitt Romney's campaign, and I'm no fan of Mitt Romney by any stretch of the imagination, Pierre Delecto is his code name. Uh, mm. Pierre Delecto, unbelievable. But anyway, uh, they asked Harry Reid, they said, you made a claim and it was proven to be uh, an unfounded claim, a, a lie. What do you, uh, how do you feel now? And Harry Reid said, hey, it worked, didn't it? He's not president. That was yeah, all see, he needed to do. He, for him, it wasn't the fact that he lied. No, no. He was satisfied that it was effective. That's all. And you know what? I believe that they have a think tank that is a nasty deeds or nasty works think tank. Look at some of the crap that's coming out right now. Well, you know, uh, Giuliani and Trump conspired to sell pardons for $2 million apiece. Oh, you know that uh, when I was an intern there, Giuliani used to make me perform sexual acts on him when he picked up and called Trump. Uh -huh. It was a tradition he did every day. It gets deeper and wilder with every passing day. Now, it is not the the thing that they're saying because if you're a, got any kind of brain at all, you would sit there and go, no, 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 no. And then you look at yeah. the number of times that they say it, and they say it all about the same party. Wait a minute. Yeah, you were born up. If, if you're a right-side thinking person, you're also a deviant. No, the person that comes up with that story, because eventually the truth comes out, you know, that it was all made up. Well, but we won the election, didn't we? Yeah. No, the, there's two things going on here. You're a freaking pervert for coming up with it. I mean, I can't understand a person with that kind of mind to come up with that thing. And, yeah, the right can be dumb and gullible because we put up with it. Well, and the thing that gets me is that these successful people like uh, Giuliani and President Trump, you know, they're surrounded by these good-looking people, these young strangers who are throwing themselves at them all the time, all the time. And, and they have to be very much aware of the fact that it's a dangerous thing for them to play in that sandbox because these are people they don't know and may hurt them. So you would think that Giuliani, who's a smart man, a smart man would be doing a dumb thing by having a, a woman 30 years his junior performing sexual acts on him. The one thing that you always see in the media, they have these outrageous headlines. And then all of a sudden, you got these pictures going like, when did they ever make that face? You yeah. know, I even saw one today with Sanders and uh, what's her name from up in Massachusetts? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Yeah. Yeah, where they're two together and Bernie's hair is standing up with that shock look in his face in his glass. Yeah. Whoa! And then Liz is looking at him like, Whoa! and I'm sitting there going, they didn't pose for that picture. Well, maybe they did. Maybe it's all part of a propaganda thing. Just hey, to sit there. You it's can, like reading Mad Magazine. You can make, I heard an AI do an imitation of a real person almost in real time. And they were doing a demonstration where they, re they talked into the microphone and then the computer answered with the guy's voice. Let me ask you this, because I've manipulated, well, hell, on our graphic there. Now, it's, it's based off of a real picture, but the fire and everything and the pose of the, the eagle and everything is all AI generated. Mm -hmm. And it only took 15 seconds. Wow. But, you know, the, that particular That's going to put that, graphic artists out of business. You know that. To a degree, yeah, it will. Could a lot of these photos, you know, you see Trump where he's got the big exaggerated belly and he's out on the golf course. Oh, sure. But, you know, when you see him in a suit, 
he's not wearing a girdle. They don't make a girdle to hide that gut, kind of gut that you're talking about. So, you know, it's fake. Just like the orange face was. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there going, are they doing these AI-generated photos? But right now, the left is kind of eating at the left, too. They're eating their own. And so now they're they're coming out with these, you know, the, the news people have come out with these exaggerations. They're not selling news. They're selling sensationalism. What can we do well, they, that will be so outrageous? We'll get everybody's attention. During President Trump's campaign, they would show pictures of some of the uh, magazines, color pictures, where his face was red, a red face. Yeah. And when it wasn't red, they just adjusted the tint on the print, on the uh, digital picture, you know. Or they, or they might have him, like you said, orange man. They added orange tint to his to his color to make him look more tinted than he would normally look. They do these things. Hey, friends, before we, we say goodbye, I just looked at the clock on the wall. I want to play this 48-second uh, cut. It's not um, anything I think that's terribly recent, but it's from it's from Senator John Kennedy from Georgia. And John Kennedy is a brilliant guy. I think he's an Oxford uh, graduate, a Rhodes Scholar. Guy's got a mm-hmm. terrific but he sounds like he's talking to you over the fence all the time. And he has some great John Kennedy-isms. Uh, listen. American people may be poorer under President Biden, but they're not stupid. Uh, President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch among <laughs> American voters. President Biden has mismanaged Congress. He's mismanaged COVID. He's mismanaged the border. He's mismanaged crime. He's mismanaged the spy balloon. He's mismanaged the economy. He's mismanaged fentanyl. And he's he's uh, forfeited our energy independence. I'll tell you what also scares me. Um, President Biden has another year and a half to discover new and innovative ways to suck. And it is a dangerous world out there. He is a character. He really is. And it's hard yeah. to imagine that a guy like him who sounds so so backcountry can have such a rich and intellectual resume. He's a smart yeah. man. Yeah, and well, it, you know, he's from Louisiana down there where they have, you know, alligators. Is it Louisiana or Georgia? I don't know what it's no, I thought he's from Louisiana. Now you, you got know. me wondering. Now you got now, me wondering. you know, I think he's a, well, I'm not going to say the C word, but he's hey, a raging Cajun. Hang on uh, a second. Let that, let's oh. ask somebody who is always listening. Alexa, what state does Senator John Kennedy represent? John Kennedy represents Louisiana in the U.S. Senate. Well, there you well, go. So I'll rest my case. I mean, there you go. I was wrong, and I stand I stand corrected because the expert in the room, the one who is always listening, my buddy Alexa, knows the truth. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I got to watch what I say around this place. You know, she's always there. Hey, friends, have a great day. Our number, by the way, 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. And, of course, there's always mail at itsanotherday.com. Yes, itsanotherday.com, yes. Today, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has a, a press conference and a supposedly a, a big one of major importance. Yeah, we're going to monitor it. If anything important happens from that press conference, we will probably do a short uh, commentary sometime today. Three simple things. Ford recalling 310,000 trucks because of oh, the driver's side airbag. I guess there's something wrong. It doesn't work. That would be important. Walmart uh, getting ready to shut down 21 stores and even distribution centers, even from their home state, uh, in before the end of the year. So you got that going on. And the 21 stores are over 12 states. So they're doing that. And then last but not least, the Postal Service says, you know, tidy up your mailbox, paint it, make sure it's in proper working function, please. We can talk about some of these things tomorrow because, because I, have something <laughs> to say. I have something to say, but I'm not going to say it because we're out of time. Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. 
we asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>